Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to you all. Um, If you're new or visiting here at Washington this morning, I want to welcome you. I'm glad you're here with us. Uh, I will also let you know that this morning's message is going to be different than it normally is. So heads up on that. Um, Actually, this morning what we're going to do is uh, you guys are going to give the message. Okay? So uh, there's there's six sections, and for those who are watching online, uh, for you as well, um, and each of you are going to share... we're going to take a look at story, healing stories in the scriptures. So we're in this, we're in this series right now on, on healing, um, because that's part of our vision statement that the Lord has given us, to cultivate a space for healing. And so we're studying healing. What is healing? What does that look like? Uh, how does that apply for us today? Um, and how do we go about doing that? And so my desire this morning is that literally the next, however long we have together, you know, two to three hours will be a great space that's right, okay. Before noon for lunch. No, uh, with the time that we have together, my desire is to empower and encourage you, and that this would be almost like a mini training session on how to pray for healing for the people that you encounter in your life. Because I, well, let me just start here. We believe in a God, I believe in a God through Jesus Christ who still heals today and wants to heal today, but he does it through his people. And so that's you. And so how do we learn how to do that? How do we learn how to come to a place where our theology uh, allows us to lay hands on people and expect God to move in that way? So we're going to look at healing stories and encounters that Jesus has with people. And they're very fascinating. Um, I've been working on this message for a while, but just going back over it this week and looking at specific healing stories, just to give you some examples— In the Gospels, there are 3,779 verses, okay? 727 of those verses are all about healing, exclusively. That's 20% of the Gospel content is healing, is all around healing. And that's not like the cross, and that's the ultimate, that's the only reason we have healing is, is through the cross. So add that, and that's probably... 50% 50% of the gospel message. If you're, if you're the gospel of John, it's already 50% of the gospel, but um, it's a lot. And so the gospel writers wanted us to see that healing was a major factor in Jesus' ministry. And if it's a major factor in Jesus' ministry and Jesus is God, then that tells you what, at the heart of God that healing is, a, is an important thing. Okay? So we're going to look at the healing stories. Um, essentially what I'm going to do you should have gotten one of these when you walked in. If you didn't get one of these pieces of paper, um, raise your hand. We're going to hand these out to you. So ushers, if you could jump up real quick, grab some of these and help John hand these out. Uh, we're going to, and this is a great reference to go by anyway, um, but we're eventually going to get to this when we break up into the groups that you're sitting in around you and go through this. So while they're handing that out, um, let me share this with you. There's an illustration that I came across. I read it in a book um, last week, and I had some time alone uh, to myself this weekend, which was great, 
And as, as I kept thinking about what I wanted to share this morning, this, this illustration kept coming up over and over again. So I, I really think that this is uh, something that we need to hear as a church body. Okay, we have one more, Robert, over here. Anybody else? Everybody got a, one of those orange pieces of paper? I think we're good. Okay. Um, so, so here's the illustration out of this book. And, and in no way am I uh, officially licensed to communicate on hunting, but this is a hunting illustration. Is there any, any hunters in here? Okay, yeah, all right. Anybody hunt with dogs? You have before. Okay, so this is for you. Well, you, you're the only one who could tell me if this is legit or not, but uh, it comes from a hunter, but I think it's for the rest of us. So if, if you hunt with dogs and you take them out, there's something called on point. Have you heard of this? When, when they get a scent, okay, Shannon knows about, oh yes, Eric would know about this. Um, yeah, when, it, when a dog gets a scent, they, there are certain types of dogs that point. Literally, they, have, they're, 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 they point in the direction where they feel, they smell the scent, and they lift their paw up, and they take this stance, and they like hold that stance until they're commanded otherwise. And it's called being on point. And so, you know, the hunter goes out and they, they let the dogs go and the dogs go and they find and when they, they find what they're looking for and they pick up the scent because of the direction the wind is blowing, then they go on point and they sit in that spot until the hunter comes along and then I, get, I think releases them and then they like will spook the birds so they, you can shoot them and eventually the birds die, I think, <laughs> if you know how to shoot. I don't know, I've never hunted before, but you've seen enough movies and shows that that's how it goes. Here's the interesting point, and this is, this is what I want to drive home for us. If two dogs hunt together, it's called a brace, right? You'd think it'd be chaotic, and, and, but they've been trained to work side by side with each other. And so they're out hunting, and they're looking for that scent. And here, here's the wild thing. If one of the, the, the first dog that picks up the scent goes on point... If the second dog has not yet picked up the scent, they notice the first dog on point, and they stop and they point in the exact same direction, even if they haven't smelled it themselves. And it's called honoring the point. So the first dog picks it up, they get in their position, the second dog stops and sees that the first dog has, has figured it out, they come alongside that dog and they just point in the exact same direction, and they trust that that first dog has figured it out, and they wait, and oftentimes in that waiting, it doesn't take very long, the wind will shift enough that that second dog will, will also smell the scent and, and hold that position. But even if they don't smell it, they honor the point. Why am I telling you this? All of us are in different places with our walk with the Lord and the movement of the Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit especially around healing. There are some in this room that are at a point where they're like, let's just not talk anymore. Who needs to be prayed for? Let's hang, lay hands on them and heal them. And there are some who are, yeah, let's, let's keep studying this. I'm open to this. I'm, I'm willing to learn. I've heard stories. I, I, I do believe in a God who does these things. I've never had that experience myself, but you know, I'm open to it. And there are some that are like, I'm not sure where this is all going. But for those of you who aren't at that point where you're like, ready, let's go, I want to invite you to honor the point. So when others begin to lay hands on people and pray, you go, 
That's where the Spirit's moving. I can't necessarily sense it or feel it, but I'm going to come alongside and I'm going to join in because I believe in a God that does that. And I know that this person, I know this person, I've walked with them, I'm in community with them, I'm going to trust in that and their movement and that they've picked up where the Holy Spirit is moving and I'm going to join in. Does that make sense? Okay. So no matter where you are, or you're the one who, who points first, or you're the one who comes along and honors the point, we're all in this together. And that's part of the community. That's how the community functions. And so this morning, that's, that's how it's going to be. And I'm, I'm hoping if we have enough time, uh, depending on how long your messages are this morning, um, that we have time to pray for people this morning and, and lay hands on people and pray for healing this morning, because that's what we're talking about. And there's no better way to, to, to learn how to do it than to do it. And I know that there's people here that could, could use prayer this morning. Um, so when Jesus encounters people, a couple things before I, I introduce the, the scripture passages you guys are, guys are going to look at and then share back with me on. Uh, first thing is this, Jesus heals from compassion, not obligation. There is no story that you will come across where somebody comes to Jesus for healing and he goes, not again. Come on. Already. This is annoying. No, always a response of compassion. It's always, always how it is. Number two, it's always willingness and with desire. Jesus always heals with willingness and a desire. This is what he wants to do. Again, this is at the heart of God. And the other thing that's really fascinating is every story is different. Every healing story is different. And like I shared last week, it would be great if there was some formula that you just followed and it worked every time when you laid hands on people and prayed that they got healed. And it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. But faith plays into that role. But every healing story that we're going to look at is a different healing story. And that's why it's so fascinating that, that God heals in so many different ways. And there's ways beyond what we're going to look at this morning that God heals. Um, and, and we just, that's how it is. Okay, so <clears throat> what I want to do is put this up on the screen. This is going to be um, the sections. So you guys are going to be section one. You guys are section two. You guys are the middle section, okay? You guys are section four, section five, balcony people. We didn't forget about you. And then online, if you're watching online, you also get a scripture passage. Um, that is pretty small to read, but that's okay. That's why it's in here. Uh, you, can, you can track down your section, so just make a note of it. So this section right here, you're going to look at Matthew 8, 5 through 13. Section 2, Mark 2, 1 through 12, the four friends that bring a cripple. Uh, middle row, man with a withered hand. Section 4, the woman bleeding for 10 years. Section 5, Jesus heals the man with leprosy. Balcony, you're doing Jesus heals the boy that can't hear or speak. And then online, you're doing Jesus that, that heals the blind man. Uh, as you look at this passage, so what I want you to do is get into groups with people. Um, you can't all get into one big group, but three, four, five people. And then you have seven questions that you're going to answer uh, for each scripture passage. So each section is going to answer seven questions. So make sure that you take a note. But go back one real quick, Allie. Make sure at least one person in your area uh, has noted what scripture passage you have, okay? Does somebody in this, can I trust that somebody here has, has noted Matthew 8? Okay, we're good. We're good. Somebody over there? Any, okay, thank you. Yep, we're good. Balcony, Corey's got it. All right, online people, we're trusting you can do that as well. All right, now, next slide. These are the seven questions. I'm going to leave these up here. You don't need to worry about it. They're also on the back of that um, salmon-colored piece of paper. Um, so these are the questions. What characteristic of God 
displayed through Jesus do you see in these stories? Who is in need of healing? What is the issue that requires healing? How does Jesus respond? What is the healing action that takes place? What is the confirmation of the healing? And what is the response of the healed person? Okay? All right, so get in groups of four or five people. So turn around, face the person behind you, in front of you, whatever it is. I'm going to give you about 10 minutes to go through this. And then we're going to, we're going to come back together and talk about what you guys learned. Our got a lot of great wisdom that they're going to throw at us uh, when we start. So we're going to start in section one. Miranda's got a microphone. If somebody from the section, let's start with uh, the first thing, if you could do this, if you could share a summary of the story, uh, if, if the verse or the story is short, you could just read it. But if you can give us a summary of the story so we can know what the story is like. So if somebody could uh, just raise your hand in the section, give us a summary of the story, and then we'll go into answering those questions. So let it remind us which one. Go ahead and, and move forward, Allie, to the individual slides of section one. Let's see. All right, Jesus heals the centurion's servant. All right, Natalie. Correct, yes. So Jesus is in Capernaum. A soldier approaches, a Roman soldier approaches him, says his servant is paralyzed in terrible pain. Jesus says, shall I go to him? And the Roman soldier says, please don't. We're not worthy. I know that you can heal him because I'm over people who are over people and what I say goes. And Jesus just looks at his friends and says, okay, like I haven't seen faith like this ever. And he looks at the soldier and says, you may go, your servant's healed. Okay. That's a summary. Is that kind of like how it is at your house? Yeah. You <laughs> Dude. Speak to the boys and they just... Yeah. That happens. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's go through the questions. What do we, uh, what do we learn from the, this story? The centurion story where Jesus heals the servant of the centurion. Beth, you gonna? I just wrote down the answers from what okay. we talked about. Give it to um, us. The first one: uh, What characteristic of God displayed through Jesus do you see in the, this story? Um, Inclusiveness came out that um, Jesus included everyone. Yeah. Be because the centurion was a Roman. Good. Um, he didn't turn his back on him. He stopped and yep. listened and spent time with him. Um, he, Jesus is um, omnipresent. He can be everywhere, which yep. is really powerful. Um, and we also talked about uh, the boldness. Um, of Jesus and his healing. Yeah. And the authority, yes. Uh, who is in need of healing? Of course, the servant is. Uh, what is the issue that requires healing? We talked about when it says paralyzed, you immediately think of physical healing. And the man could have been not only physically paralyzed, but we don't know emotionally, spiritually, mm. where this man was at. Yep. So um, we talked about that as well. How does Jesus respond? Um, he healed it all, no matter what it was that this man was dealing with. Yeah. Could have been spiritually, emotionally, mentally, yeah. physically. He healed it all. Yep. Um, what healing action that takes place? He said it, and it was done. Yeah, it was a command, right? He spoke. Yeah. Yeah, so healed by speaking. Exactly. 
what is the confirmation of healing? Exactly that. He said it, it was done. What is the response of the healed person? Um, I'm, I'm sure it was. Yeah, we don't know in that story. Overwhelming. But yeah. 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 Good. Good. So we have an example of how Jesus heals through command, through speaking. Okay. Let's go to the next section. Um, somebody uh, willing to summarize the story and then uh, answer the questions. Okay, so ours was Jesus heals paralyzed man. So Jesus returned to Capernaum. Um, the news spread quickly. So he was teaching to a full house, and um, there was four men who had a paralyzed friend. Uh, they had him on his mat, but it was too crowded. They dug a hole in the roof, lowered him down. And Jesus says, immediately says, my son, he sees their faith. He says, my son, your sins are forgiven. Um, the teachers of the law that were there were like, this is blasphemy. Um, what are you doing? And um, only God can forgive sins. Um, so Jesus, he knew right away what the teachers of the law were thinking. He says, why do you question this in your hearts? It's easier to say, is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And he says, I'll prove to you that I'm son of man. And he says, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. Um, and the man, mine says, jumped up, get up. Um, but he, he grabs his mat and he, he just walks out of there and everyone is stunned. Yeah. Um, and I'll let somebody else talk yeah. about it. Yeah, good. Okay. What do we learn about uh, the character of God through this story? Okay, section two. We've got to get going. If you guys want to be out by noon. <laughs> um, just the, um, the love that he has for them. Um, you know, all these people are feeling like this is an inconvenience, and, um, and he's just totally... Um, yeah, he's totally not bothered by it. Mm. Um, and the, for their faith. Um, what else do we say? Characteristics. <laughs> oh, compassion. That's the word. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Yep. Yes. Good. Okay. Who's in need of healing? Um, multiple people. I mean, this guy who's paralyzed, he needs healing. Um, and the issue is sins. So we see mm. a bodily... Um, you know, because of the sins. He, yeah. So he healed the sins so that he was no longer paralyzed. So um, real quick, Madison, before we move on, that's, that's something that is not often thought of in our culture, is that actually sin caused the physical issue. That's basically what this story is saying. So, and I would encourage you to go back and look over it when, when you have time, but this combination of the faith of these friends, but also how does this guy get up and walk? Jesus proclaims that his sins are forgiven. So there's something about the sins in his life that caused the, the paralysis. And again, in 2022, we don't equate those, we don't recognize the damage that sin has in, our, in ourselves and our spiritual beings. And so just kind of be aware of that. that and maybe sometimes as you're praying for people, um, keep that in mind. Like sin might need to be dealt with in that way. And then also just the, we felt like the importance of saying that the people in the crowd also needed healing and received yeah. that through this whole process. And the Pharisees as well, probably. So there's a few things that I notice about the story. Um, the man is not able to bring himself to Jesus, so his friends bring him. Mm. But when it comes to the obedience aspect, get up, pick up your mat and walk, it's the man that has to get up. And then the other aspect is that God is omniscient. He knows everything in advance. 
So Jesus knew that these Pharisees were going to scorn him and say that he wasn't God, which is why he needed the people and the Pharisees to know that he could forgive sins. So he healed the man after he said, I forgive your sins, because otherwise they would have only known he could heal. They would not have known that he could also forgive sins. Keep going, girl. Okay. You got it going on. <laughs> yeah, it's good. All right. And then obviously the result is that he gets up and, and walks. Good. Okay. Section, middle, middle section. You guys have the man with a withered hand. This middle talkative group, who's going to... Okay, give us a, a summary. Actually, you could probably just read it. Two verses. Three Actually, verses. I feel like we needed to read all the way to 13 to get... The all right, all right. All the way, all the way through sure. 14 to get the whole, I think, feel of all of it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to paraphrase. I'm not going to read that one. So, it's on the Sabbath. Jesus is at a synagogue. And he notices a man. This man has not come up to him. Jesus noticed him, um, that his hand was withered. Uh, <clears throat> and he wanted to heal him. And there is a... Uh, one of the pharaohs, I think. Pharisees wanted to know, is Jesus going to heal him? On, on, the, the on the Sabbath. So yeah. this was... Break the rules. Yes, break the rules, because they wanted to trick him and see what his response was going to be. Um, and his response before he even healed him was, would you even hold a person... He gave an example of if a sheep fell in a well, would you save your sheep on the Sabbath, yeah. or would you just let him die right. because, you know, helping your sheep. Yeah. And um, so he tells them that story, then he does heal the man. The man comes over to him and holds his hand out, and Jesus heals him just yeah. by touch. Good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in that story, one of the things that I wanted uh, us to see is that Jesus asks the man to extend his hand. Mm -hmm. So the man has a withered hand, and Jesus heals him by asking him to respond in kind. So it's, it's one of those, you know, the command to get up and walk was done after sins were dealt with and stuff, but here he says stretch out your hand, and the man stretches out his hand. His hand, he experiences healing as he responds to what God asks him to do. That's another way we learn that that's different than in other healing stories. It's like sometimes God says, no, get up and walk, and do you have faith to respond that you can do that after God has called you to do that or been prayed for? Good. Thank you for that, that story. How about over here? Who's, uh, somebody wants to summarize the story, and the woman bleeding for 10 years this is a fabulous story. And then what do we learn from this story around healing? Um, yeah, so we did learn about the woman had been bleeding for 12 years, and then she fights through the crowd to touch the hem of um, Jesus' uh, cloak so she can be yeah. healed. Yep. Um, and the questions, um, the one characteristic that we, I don't have my paper, I don't think, is this it right here? Nope, it's over here. Um, oh, it's right here. She has to back up. So the characteristic that we've seen displayed because it specifically stated um, was how powerful God is yep. to be able to heal her, um, that God was able to heal her, her through Jesus. Um, 
and who is in need of healing, obviously, is the woman. Mm -hmm. um, and then what is the issue that requires um, healing, which for her was the, the bleeding. And um, Mike, <laughs> um, mostly Mike, um, was just, you know, when you're bleeding, it was such a big thing. It, I think we take it very calmly here. Yeah. But o over on that side, yeah. in, the, in that culture, bleeding was a big thing. So, um, yeah. you know, her being dirty and having to fight through that crowd to be able to do it. So then how does Jesus respond? Um, obviously, he heals her. But, um, but what <clears throat> Mike said um, was that um, it helped us see was that he was surprised. He didn't know. Um, mm. He wanted to heal her, but he didn't know, um, you know, even what was going on. Um, yeah, so, he says, who touched me? Yeah, who touched, who touched me? me? He didn't even know. So. Yeah. Um, and then the healing that takes place is um, that, you know, she um, is healed. And then the confirmation is that he told her, you are healed. And yeah. then the response that we came up with was that, that she was probably, I use the word probably, that um, she was trembling, obviously probably out of being overwhelmed. I mean, with yeah. not the kind of fear of fear, but the yeah. kind of, whoa, you know. Yeah, I so. think if God touched you that way, you'd be yeah. trembling too. Yeah. Yeah, so with this story, what I love is that this, the power of this woman's faith coming to Jesus is healed by Jesus without Jesus physically turning around and laying hands on her or commanding or asking her to do something, but her own act of faith is what, what she receives healing in, which is really powerful. Okay, good. This section over here. <clears throat> what story did you guys have? Uh, Jesus healing a man with leprosy. Okay. So... Uh, a man with leprosy uh, came and knelt before Jesus and begged him to be healed. And Jesus was moved with compassion uh, and responded saying, I am willing, be healed. Uh, and then the leprosy immediately left the man uh, is what it says. So um, going over the questions, uh, number one was a characteristic of God displayed. Uh, characteristic I we talked about that was most on display was compassion. Um, and then I read the little uh, note at the bottom that another tran other translations use the word indignation or anger as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's one of those interesting things, just seeing compassion and anger kind of going side by side in this moment. Yeah. Um, who was in need of healing? Uh, the man with leprosy uh, requiring healing from Jesus. Um, and the issue that requires healing, leprosy. And we also talked about um, isolation from community as leprosy is kind of this arms stretched out, like, stay away from me. You don't belong as part of our community. Yeah. Um, and we figured that was another uh, issue that does require healing. Uh, so not just physically, but socially, emotionally. Yeah. Um, how does Jesus respond? Uh, moving with compassion or indignation. Yeah. Um, Jesus just says five, five simple words. I am, I am willing, be healed. Yeah. Um, and once again, we see that be healed is a command, not a... Mm. I am willing to heal you as I, I am willing be healed. Yeah. Um, the healing action that takes place, uh, 42 says that the man is instantly uh, cured of leprosy or instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Um, the confirmation of healing, uh, other than the verse mentioning in there, uh, talks about Jesus's, you know, uh, we, we also looked past our verses, my bad. Um, but we looked in 43 and 44, Jesus given him a warning saying, don't tell others about this. Just go to the priest, be reintegrated back into community, um, and let this be 
uh, show of your faith. Um, and then number seven, uh, what is the response of the healed person? Uh, verse 45, uh, the man ignores Jesus and goes around the community telling people about him uh, so that way large crowds are surrounding Jesus uh, yeah. at this point. Yeah, I think I'd do the same thing. I'd tell everybody I knew, Jesus healed me. Yeah, I think one of the things that, that uh, is powerful in that passage is Jesus actually touches this man. So he, he heals by touching and by doing so makes himself unclean in, in his culture and society. But Jesus doesn't care about that. He's willing to break those barriers down and to, to lay hands on somebody to, to do that, which is really powerful. Okay, balcony. This is the doozy of a story. I told the balcony people I gave this to them on purpose. Um, so we started with, um, there was a man who brought his son to Jesus because his son was possessed by a demon, specifically a demon of mute and deaf, and yeah, and it also caused epileptic fits. Um, and so at first the man brought the, the son to his, Jesus' disciples, and but the disciples couldn't heal them, heal the um, son. And so the man brought the son to Jesus saying, your disciples couldn't heal him, could you? And um, at first Jesus, um, at first Jesus rebuked the, rebuked the people, or not the people, the, dis the disciples and us because um, he said, Oh, yeah, he said, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Because, our, and, it, and he also, he rebuked the faithlessness in the generation. Um, and then afterwards, um, Jesus asked how long had, like, the boy had the demon, and the son, or the father said since childhood. And um, Jesus and then Jesus casted out the demon, um, right? Yeah. Oh, no. The first, the father said, um, help me overcome my unbelief. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus cast out the demon. Yeah. Oh, and then the boy fell to the floor. Everybody thought he was dead. And then Jesus helped them up. Yeah. <clears throat> Good. And so what's, what would you guys say, what's the major difference between all the other stories we've heard on healing and your story? Yeah, we, we had just talked about that it's not necessarily that a physical healing was needed, but that there was some kind of demonic attachment. This was a spiritual affliction. And the people even knew that it was a spiritual affliction, um, yeah. but it was manifesting in this person's body. Yeah, so in this story, a demon is actually causing the physical issue or physical affliction. And once the demon was dealt with, then the person became healed. And so you see, like, each of these stories is different, and there's so many more. But I wanted us to see this kind of as a, a training ground as, as, as we begin to step out in faith and begin to pray for people. You're going to encounter different experiences, and some of those are going to require faith. Some of those are require um, a command of an action to be done. Some of those are going to require demonic things to be dealt with. Um, that, that's all kind of par for the course. 
And when you begin to, when you begin to walk in this way and begin to believe that, that we, in a God that heals people today and wants to use his followers to do it, it's not just sitting in, uh, in a building for an hour once a week anymore, if you know what I mean. This becomes really real, really fast, and can be very intimidating and very scary, but to know that the very presence of God goes with you, and, uh, you know, here's the inside story. You can't do anything on your own, but if you have faith in Christ, if you've put your faith in God and you have a relationship with Jesus, you literally have the creator of the universe living in you, moving and flowing and wanting to direct you and how to move and pray. Um, and healing is, a, is part of the, the job description that Jesus gives his disciples. That hasn't changed. Okay? It's, it's for today just like it was thousands of years ago. We've just let it slide and slip because we... Tons of different reasons, but it's important to do that. Okay, do we have any online people that responded? Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's hear. Let's hear from Ann Bernius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So which, which, which story did I give them? Online. Did, uh, was it Mark 8 or Mark 7? 8. Mark 8. Okay, so in this story, Jesus heals a blind man with saliva. Okay? There's other stories where he uses mud, you know, mixes things together. Um, you know, if the Lord asks you to heal somebody by doing that, go for it. Okay? It's awkward and weird. I've tried it before. It feels strange, but, you know, there's, there's a great story that uh, I heard somebody say. He was on this trip um, praying for people for healing, and his daughter really felt moved. I think his daughter was like 14 or 15, and she said, Dad, I think I, I need to make mud and put it on this woman, woman's eyes. This woman was blind. They were in Australia, and he said, well, why don't you ask her? And he, he said, well, I feel like the Lord wants me to, to pray for, your, for healing for your eyes by making mud, and can I do that? And she's like, you can do whatever you want. She's like, if it works... And this 14-year-old mixed mud, like literally went to a potted plant in the, in the room they were in, made mud, got some water, put it on her eyes, prayed for her, and she got her, her eyes were healed. And, uh, it, you know, hey, why not? Jesus did it, so can we. Okay, so what, are, what, are, what did, uh, can we give Allie a mic? To... I got it, yeah. Okay, all right, Allie. Okay, um, God's desire for intimacy with us took the man outside the village, so that was her answer for number one. Number two, probably the crowd, but specifically this man. Number three, she said blindness, even sighted people blind to many things. Number four, she said with compassion. Mm. Number five, healing of blindness in stages, perhaps to demonstrate that healing is not instant. Healing oh. of his life situation by instruction to not go back into the village. Okay. Perhaps he had been taken advantage of or mistreated in the village because yeah. of his blindness and number good. six the man could see okay yeah good thank you online community for sharing that with us oh this is what i want to do to just wrap up i just want to i want to invite you to pray for somebody so somebody one two maybe three people in your section um who has something that they need prayer for some, some healing in some, some way in their life and just kind of lay hands on them, pray for them, ask them. 
um, what it is that uh, they would like prayer for, and then just join together, circle up, lay hands on people, and, uh, and go ahead and pray for them. So if you're, if you're bold enough to, to ask for prayer this morning, here's an opportunity to be prayed for, to have um, somebody lay hands on you. And so I'll let you guys figure that out in your groups. Um, maybe even the person who'd like prayer, you can raise your hand. Um, and let's, let's just spend a couple moments uh, praying, and then we'll wrap up our service together. Okay? So let's stand, and uh, we'll wrap things up. Again, if you're praying, keep praying. That's more important than anything else. We'll put the uh, benediction up on the screen. Let's, let's uh, share it together, and we'll be done. We are a community of disciples of Jesus Christ, empowering the power and the giftings of the Holy Spirit, cultivating space for healing, living in and expanding God's kingdom on earth. Go from this place knowing that you are commissioned and called to be healers. That God flows through you and wants to move through you. So lay your hands on people. Pray for them. Trust that God is with you. Command things. And God will honor that movement and that faith. Go in peace. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.